Hello, I'm Paulette Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. So, you have been retired now for a couple of months or years, and find full-time vacationing isn't all it's cracked up to be. Maybe you'd like to feel a bit more productive. Maybe earn some money. Well, have you thought about going into business for yourself? Entrepreneurship is a fancy French word for owning your own business, but business doesn't have to mean bricks and mortar and employees. I do want to add quickly, though, here, it does mean taxes. But it can simply mean being in business for yourself. No office, perhaps, other than your home. No employees, other than perhaps occasional part-time assistance. No commute and no hours to keep, though it does require discipline. I know because I've been in business for myself much of my adult life. I was a consultant in marketing and public relations for nonprofits for close to 20 years, then owned a bed and breakfast with my late husband for three years, and now I'm retired, but I make a little bit of extra cash by writing articles for a regional magazine. The truth is, I've never really been a team player, and being self-employed has always been my preferred and, in fact, most effective way of working. I also started an online business that I couldn't sustain. I wasn't selling enough product to cover my costs for having a business checking account, a website, promotion, and so forth. Lesson learned. Oh, and I have this podcast, though it's not monetized, so I'm not making any money from it. Not yet. Whether or not you've been self-employed in the past, you can certainly be so now or plan to be so after retirement. So what kind of business would be best for you? Well, let's say you want to take advantage of your interests and skills. Were you a teacher? Are you an avid exerciser? Do you write well? Do you have a green thumb? Do you excel in an art or craft? Are you interested in real estate? Or perhaps you want to learn something new, master it, and then go into business doing it. ARP describes four major categories of self-employment that can be especially appealing to seniors. One, running a part-time business on the side. You don't quit your day job if you're still working, but you can add to your income with a second venture. The second is freelancing or contracted services. You work for yourself but do specific projects on behalf of companies or organizations, and that's what I did. Uh, Owning your own micro-business. You run a business of fewer than five people that offers products or services to the public, which is what our B&B was. And number four is a social enterprises or nonprofit organization. You own a business that has the goal of generating profits and doing good in the community. I want to point out here the wording generates profits. Even nonprofits have to generate surplus income. So keep that in mind. The August 2022 online issue of Entrepreneur offers these business ideas for retirees. Freelancing and consulting. 
consulting, they say, is a natural opportunity for many so-called knowledge workers, retired professionals in finance, law, business management, human relations, marketing, and medicine, for example. One thing consultants all have in common is the desire for flexible working hours. According to labor statistics by the American Economic Journal, 60% of not working Americans in their 60s or 70s would return to work if they had a more flexible schedule. Consulting offers an opportunity to do just that. However, I want to emphasize from my own experience that while some of my best ideas occurred to me in the shower, and yes, I'd run a load of laundry between work tasks, I was up and dressed and in my tax-deductible dedicated home office by 9 a.m. every weekday. Okay, back to Entrepreneur Magazine's online list. Number two, making and selling crafts. Well, if you're already a crafty person, this can be an ideal small business. Many types of crafts sell well. We know from Etsy, for example, including home decor, jewelry, art, toys, dolls, embroidery, and quilts. Usually the cost of the materials is quite low, which makes for a nice profit margin on the products sold. The main investment is the time, creativity, and expertise in making them. And I'm still quoting from Entrepreneur. Items can be sold at a farmer's market, flea market, festival, or in a small shop. If you feel comfortable selling online, you can open an Etsy shop or sell on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. You can advertise your business through word of mouth, at events, or through social media. You don't need a website or a graphic designer to have an effective internet presence. Social networks like Instagram and Pinterest enable you to draw a lot of attention to visually appealing products like arts and crafts. And the same business idea applies to any type of artisanship, woodwork, metalwork, clothing design, baking cakes, or anything else that you can make from home. Entrepreneurs number three suggested uh, business is dog walking, which the article says is the perfect small business idea for animal lovers. Pet ownership has increased over the past decade and is expected to increase even more. That means there's a big demand for animal-related products and services, such as dog grooming, doggy daycare, and dog walking. Uh, Dog walking is a great way to get outside and exercise. However, if your business expands, hiring younger workers to do the legwork is also an option. There's great information on this one, by the way, at time2pet.com. Number four on Entrepreneur Magazine's list, growing and selling plants. Growing plants from seeds is difficult for many people, and that's why they're willing to pay for already grown plants. Uh, including flowers, bushes, shrubs, trees, garden starts, vines, potted plants, wall plants, patio plants, you name it. If you're comfortable with strangers coming to your home, it can be a 100% home-based business. You can grow the plants in pots in your backyard, greenhouse, or patio and sell them directly to the public. Or, if you'd rather not do that, and this is my personal suggestion, find a community garden in your area. You could also lease a shop or open an online business. Another entrepreneur recommendation, investing in real estate. Real estate investment is a capital-intensive business, but it can also be a steady source of cash flow. 
It helps to have good credit and some capital in this industry, but you don't have to be rich to get started. The median retirement savings for people between the ages of 55 and 64 is $107,000, and that's not nearly enough to retire on. But it's usually enough to put a down payment on a modest investment property. There are a few different types of residential investing. You can buy, fix, and flip a house. You can rent. You can invest to rent. Or you could have short-term rental investing. So fixing and flipping houses obviously requires more work than renting out houses, but you also make more money in the short term. Short-term rental investing can be done through sites like Airbnb and Verbo, VRBO, or run a bed and breakfast, as my husband and I did. The great thing about this is you can get started with the house that you're already living in by renting out rooms or the basement. Many retirees consider downsizing after their children go up and leave the nest, but instead of downsizing, renting out the extra space as a short-term or long-term rental may be a quick way to start producing income. Entrepreneur's number six business idea, opening a franchise. Franchises have been popular with small business owners for a long time, and there are good reasons for this. There's no way around it. Starting a business is hard. In addition to the work and capital you need to put up, you need to know what you're doing. That's where franchising comes in. In exchange for paying an upfront franchise fee and recurring royalties, you get step-by-step guidance on how to start a business. The best franchises have well-known brands and national marketing that bring in customers automatically. If you buy into a franchise, you don't have to come up with a business plan or worry about uh, supply chain logistics. The best franchises have employee training resources on everything from customer support to handling finances. Think about it. Harlan Sanders had an amazing fried chicken recipe he wanted to share, so he started the Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise when he was in his 60s and worked in some facets of the restaurant business until his death at age 90. Beyond restaurants, franchises exist in many different industries, including convenience stores, hardware stores like Ace Hardware, hotels, and fitness gyms. Now, these franchises aren't cheap. Uh, Startup costs average about $150,000, but much of that cost can be covered through a business loan or financing of some sort. The day-to-day operations of most well-run franchises can be done by a manager. Once the business is up and running, the business owner usually doesn't need to put in many hours to keep it going. Number seven on Entrepreneur uh, Magazine's list Offering move management and or relocation services. This one appeals to me, having moved so many times. Retired Brains, an interesting website for seniors who don't want to sit around in their rocking chairs, surveyed their readers about what businesses they had started in retirement, and some variation of move manager came up more than once. This is a service that involves helping people move. The physical lifting work is still done by a moving company, but the move manager organizes the process. And um, this often involves cleaning out garages while hiring some people also to do this. Uh, Packing, labeling, organizing, and planning the various pieces of the move. 
It could involve senior relocation services, which help seniors find a trustworthy and affordable retirement home. And a big part of the move management service involves selling, throwing away, or donating unwanted items. Once the client is in their new home, unpacking and organizing everything requires work as well. I want to add here that when my mother died, I hired someone to do this. Uh, she was going to hold an estate sale, and so she took responsibility for everything in the house. Whatever she could sell, she did. Whatever she could not sell, she took care of donating or trashing. I don't remember what the payment model was, whether I took just a, a percentage of what was sold or whether, I, or whether I paid her a flat fee, I really don't remember, but I do know it was a giant relief for me not have to deal with all of that. Okay, and then number eight on the entrepreneur article um, list, Tutoring is a great business for people who love children and teens, especially for retired school teachers. According to tutors.com, average prices for tutoring can range from $25 to $80 per hour, depending on the location, type of tutoring, and other factors. Traditionally, private tutors visit students in their homes or other places of their parents' choosing. However, nowadays, of course, we do more online work. And uh, there are also tutoring centers that are an option. Academic tutoring isn't the only kind. I volunteer as an English language tutor. I'm certified in teaching English as a foreign language, but I have charged for it. All right, so much for the Entrepreneur Magazine article. Retired Brains, which I mentioned before, and of course I'm putting all these resources on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Um, Retired Brains offers a ton of information on being in business for yourself, including a link to lower cost franchises, by the way, as well as a number of work at or from home opportunities, such as being a chef consultant, telemarketing, medical transcription, language translation, tech jobs, and, and many more. All right. Once you have the big idea, ARP says, make a plan. Every business needs a business plan, it is so stated. The plan can be short and simple for a micro-business. A business plan encompasses information and serves two purposes. Acts as your roadmap for planning and developing the business and demonstrates the viability of your business to investors, lenders, and others. You can find all kinds of resources online for how to write a business plan. I have to confess, I never had one. I had a marketing plan, but I didn't have a business plan. So ARP has a toolkit, Work For Yourself at 50+. Plus. You can download it for free. You do have to provide a name, a city, state, and email address. And uh, that's quite a helpful resource as well. Right, now for my personal two cents. Use your knowledge, experience, and connections. Find a need and fill it, or find your passion and find its audience. Know your strengths and weaknesses. For example, dealing with the public can tax your patience. 
There are legal matters. If you earn money, you have to pay taxes. In order to pay taxes, you have to file for a business license with your state. You may have local forms that have to be filled out and local business requirements. There's bookkeeping, which isn't anyone's favorite thing to do. Well, it isn't everyone's favorite thing to do. Most small businesses fail within the first three years because they're underfinanced and or overextended. Also, how much energy do you have? Few of us older than 60 are up to working 70 hours a week. And be patient. Be ready to have to wait until your business starts paying for itself. Our bed and breakfast, which we started when I was 60 and my husband was 63, didn't pay its own share of the mortgage until three years in. A friend of mine and her husband are in their 60s and 70s. And their business just made its first profit after five years. A profit of a whole $21. (laughs) Hey, we're celebrating. Know your limits and have an exit plan. And set an amount you're willing to invest and lose. How do you get customers? Well, the first advice I always gave my marketing clients was know who your publics are and reach them, as I like to say, where they live. All businesses, whether for-profit or not-for-profit, need a marketing strategy, how to reach their publics, their target publics. And even if you're just, and I don't mean to minimize it, selling handmade goods on Etsy, you still need to know who your ideal customer is. And where they live means, for example, what websites, real uh, retailers and organizations do they frequent? What do they read? What do they buy? Where do they spend their money? How do they live? Where do they go? The four P's of marketing are product, placement, price, and promotion. So let's take my husband's and my bed and breakfast as an example. Our product was a comfortable overnight stay and delicious breakfast in a convivial atmosphere with an international theme. We only had three guest rooms, all decorated with antiques, and decor particular to the global region they represented. They all had their own bathrooms, though only two were en suite. We were adults only. Placement. Our placement was Gettysburg, PA, not particularly known for an international theme. Everyone else was at least American history, and more specifically the Civil War and Battle of Gettysburg. Our theme, based on our travels, could either be a plus or a minus. How we marketed it was key. For one, the name. Passages in, I-N-N, get it? Gettysburg. Our price, what we charged per night, was a combination of what our costs plus profit were. That would be uh, based on the uh, room nights that we filled and, and so forth. What our competition was charging and what the market would bear. We opted to be in the mid-level price-wise. We positioned ourselves as upscale at a mid-scale price. We charged a bit less for the Africa room because its bathroom was down the hall, so we provided robes and slippers for that room only. 
Our promotion was based on the fact that Gettysburg is a destination for all kinds of tourists. So we chose to market to customers who wanted something different, who liked the idea of staying in an environment with a lot of international artifacts, who wanted friendly service as well as intelligent conversation around the shared breakfast table. So then once we had identified our ideal customers, we marketed to them. We researched how to find them and how to adjust our product to suit them. And by our third season, not only were we getting customers through word of mouth, but we were also getting return customers. I hope this has inspired you. Thanks so much for listening. Resources, as I said, will be posted on the Woman Worthy Facebook page, where I'd love to see your comments. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.